Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. Howdy friends and welcome back to Grass Talk Radio. Today we're going to get into the topic of the harmonica and how it works in a bluegrass scenario. The harmonica is not truly a bluegrass instrument. However, Bill Monroe, the creator of bluegrass, did travel and tour with a harmonica player by the name of D. Ford Bailey, who first came on the Grand Ole Opry in 1927 and was known as the Harmonica Wizard. And uh, he toured with Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys and their tent show way back in the day when Bill first joined the Opry. And he was a very popular instrumentalist. He played the harmonica. He also sang and played the guitar and the banjo. This show is not really about D. Ford Bailey, but it's just to say that although Bill Munro may have not thought that a harmonica was a perfect fit inside what his music, the bluegrass ensemble, was, just like he didn't think a dobro really fit. Um, on the other hand, if you look at Flatt and Scruggs, they did include the dobro later and sometimes you can find some flat and scrudge records with harmonica now it is true that i don't know a single bluegrass harmonica player because the harmonica has never been fully accepted as one of the six instruments found in a bluegrass band but all that aside you have to say bill monroe must have at least tolerated and enjoyed in fact i know he liked the harmonica and he definitely liked d ford bailey's playing um in fact bill monroe um performed a, one of d ford bailey's harmonica tunes called evening prayer blues and was highly complimentary of him as a musician and even played at a memorial service for d ford bailey who died in 1982 so while the harmonica is maybe not a full-fledged member of the bluegrass uh, standard unit, I have found over the years that it works very well. I, th I think the, the problem with the harmonica is that there are a lot of bad harmonica players. There's a great harmonica players, too. But, um, you know, there are some people who have taken up the harmonica and don't take it up in order to be, um, to learn to play music, they just, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> these guys, you know, the, the one tune wonders on the harmonica. And, you know, even that can work in a bluegrass jam or something like that for one or two songs. But to find a person who can competently play solos, do a little rhythmic stuff and chordal stuff, and, um, you know, fulfill a role within a bluegrass band is pretty few and far between. I mean, there are the greats such as Charlie McCoy, who certainly could do that. And you'll hear him uh, like you might find an odd Osborne, Osborne Brothers record or something with Charlie McCoy on there. Uh, you know, these were usually studio endeavors. I don't think I've ever seen a harmonica player in a bluegrass band with the one exception of Doodle Thrower, Doodle in the Golden River Grass, 
and Duda played the harmonica. So <laughs> what can I say? It, it, it has been done. Anyway, today we're going to get into the harmonica and just talk about it. And uh, we're going to do that with one of my friends, a guy named Harps Jackson. And uh, well, I'll just wait till he comes comes in here to uh, really get into how we met and all that sort of stuff. But I've played a lot with Harps, and um, I found that he was a good fill-in when we couldn't find a fiddle player. Because the fiddle and the harmonica can do a couple of things if the player is good that typically are reserved for the fiddle, such as the, the sustaining of long notes. That is something that a fiddle can do and none of the other bluegrass instruments can do. So a harmonica can do that. And if a harmonica player can play melodies and take lead solos and stuff, they can also do what the fiddle player could more or less do you know, in terms of taking lead solos and playing backup fills and little rhythmic accents and things like that. I found it worked very well, but I, but the secret to it was finding a really good harmonica player. So this guy is one. So let's just get into this. Uh, here is my interview with Harps Jackson. Scary place to be living. Words fall apart like leaves let go in the wind. You know, the wrestling with words will surely leave you distressed. Searching for me and will leave you still feeling unless. Oh. What a funny little thing to hear me open my mouth and say nothing every time that I seem to look up. Sitting from the skies, it's my words to you struck and they're hanging in front of your eyes. Apostrophes, not a monopoly, foul talk, my people, and they bam into me and you. I mean, really, what can we say? If it's rain and words, we should all go out and play. So, hey, everybody, I'm here with Harps Jackson. Um, Harps, why don't you begin by introducing yourself and telling the audience, uh, maybe begin with where and when you were born. All right. I was born in DeKalb County, Georgia, back in 1952. Um, been living here in, in Georgia most of my life, except for when I was in the service when I was going to school for a short stint and uh, grew up uh, listening to my mother play the piano. In fact, my daughter has that piano now and music just became a part of my life. I picked up the trumpet when I was in the fifth grade, played it up till ninth grade, picked up the French horn in the ninth grade, uh, played it through a year and a half, two years of college. And, um, wow. You know what? I did not know that. I also played the French horn in, yeah. uh, in junior high and high school. Didn't know that. Harps. Yeah. No, my, my daughter played French horn also in the Gwinnett County, uh, symphonic orchestra. How about I'm not that? sure if she still does that or not. 
But uh, music's been part of my life ever since I, I think I came out when I was born singing the blues. Most people do. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's just a part of my life. Uh, it's something that I enjoy. People enjoy listening to what I do. Uh, this is not to be about me other than the fact you need a little history because uh, it's about music. It's about being able to touch people with sound much as an artist touches people with their colors and their brush strokes on a painting or a sculpture or a building, you know, or, uh, or whatever. Uh, being able to inspire people and touch people uh, without actually physically touching them skin to skin. Right. So uh, it's just something that um, music just, it, it, it's in me. It's in a lot of us. Well, how, how did you first um, get um, exposed to the harmonica and decide that that was the thing you really wanted to do? Well, like I said, I tried several different instruments. I played the French horn, I played the trumpet, played a little bit on the piano, tried the guitar, tried the violin. And when I was in the service, um, a friend of mine, co-worker of mine, uh, was playing harmonica one day, and I said, well, here. He said, well, here, take this one. And So I took it back to my, my dorm room at a barracks or whatever you want to call it and plugged in my music that day, which was Neil Young, uh, uh, Butterf Paul Butterfield Blues Band, and just different artists of the day and listened to the harmonica things there and uh, found out that most of the songs we're in A, so I went out and bought me an A harmonica, and I played along with the with the recordings that I had. You know, it was uh, eight-track tapes, if anybody remembers oh, them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, like I say, I picked up from from several of the harmonica players back in those days, and um, that was back in 1972. So I've been playing for 50 years. Yeah. At any rate... Um, I played it 25 hours a day. If I didn't have both <laughs> hands busy, I was playing harmonica. Yeah, it is. One of the great things about the harmonica is that it's one of the few instruments you can play while you're driving a car, too. <laughs> well, I did that until I did a 360 off the side of the road one day. <laughs> And it's and a, you, been, you ride a motorcycle a lot these days. Uh, it's probably pretty tough on a motorcycle, though. Uh, I do not attempt it on a motorcycle. I attempted <laughs> it on a bicycle and wrecked it, too. So, no, I, <laughs> if I'm actually moving a piece of equipment or something, you know, even if I've got a hand free, I'm still not, I, I can't divide my attention like the cell phones of today. The harmonica was my, my ne nemesis. I don't talk on the cell phone either when I'm driving. Right, right. Anyway, um, yeah, I picked it up in the service, and I went to a store, and I bought me a, a blues harmonica. Uh, it's uh, by Honer. It had a wooden insert uh, carriage to it, I guess, that holds the reeds. Mm -hmm. And I played it 25 hours a day, like I said. And I practiced, since I had 13 years of schooling behind me before I picked one up, I already knew music as far as reading and writing and what the theory is behind music. So uh, I practiced scales. I practiced going up 
three notes and coming back down one, uh, going up three notes, coming back down one, or uh, options from the other way, or just doing arpeggios, doing whatever to get the muscle memory which musicians develop uh, in the year, through the years of playing. Um, it's the same as you reach out for a, a standard height uh, light switch. You don't have to see it. You know where it's at. You just right. your hand goes to it. Right. It's muscle memory, and that's what uh, musicians do. Harmonica is no different. The only thing is, I don't have to build up calluses. Yeah. The first time I played though, uh, live with uh, with amplification, I played through a guitar case amplifier with a bunch of high school kids, and it was. An interesting evening. I'll have to talk to you that about that in private because this is a long <laughs> okay. story. Okay. But uh, I learned how to play the harmonica because uh, it, it, I was stressed at the, in the Air Force, of course, and uh, it was my outlet. Uh, I drove people crazy with it. So I ended up having to go by myself somewhere and to be able to practice and like I say I used to play while I was riding down the road when I had didn't have both hands busy so uh, and the harmonica is the one instrument I ever learned how to play where I couldn't see what I was doing huh, yeah. guitar you're looking at your hands if you got the chords right uh, piano you're looking at the keys to see whether your fingers are in the right spot harmonica you can't see what you're doing you just have to go by sound Never really thought of it that way, but yeah, that's that's interesting. And one downside of the harmonica, as far as the instrument itself, is if a reed goes flat, they rarely go sharp, but if a reed goes flat, you can't fix it. It can be fixed, but uh, it's uh, it doesn't last very long, and uh, it goes out of tune again, and it hurts my ear because I've been playing harmonicas for 50 years. What is the typical lifespan, let's say, of a, of a harmonica, and you're playing it a lot? I mean, how many years could you expect for that to uh, remain usable? Well, it's not the length of the time you can play it. It's the way you play it. Ah, back explain. When, back when I got out of the service, I would go to a club and sit out in the audience and play along with the band. You know, they were playing amplified, and I wasn't, and I played hard, and that every other week I'd blow one out. Yeah, yeah. It's just how much wind you put through the harmonica that causes the reeds to go bad. Or you, you bend a note, we'll talk about that later. You bend a note, and it's too, too much, and it doesn't go back up to pitch. When you bend a note, the, the tone actually goes down. And then when you unbend it, it's supposed to go back up to the original pitch, or sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we get too deep into... Um the specifics of playing it. Could you describe what a typical harmonica actually is? Um, I mean, I, I know that there are several different types of them. I would think if I'm correct, the most common one is the diatonic. Yes. Diatonic. Okay. Uh, it's called a harmonica because you can play chords or you can play single notes. Okay. Um, Diatonic, uh, for anybody that knows music, knows how to read music or the terminology, your first note is your, your tonic, the, uh, the the base note of the, or the first note of the scale. Yeah, yeah. As in C, 
it would be C, and then your next note, you pull, push it, you blow into it to get the C, you pull out and get the D. You blow into the next hole up, which is the second hole, and you get E. Now, the diatonic, uh, when you pull out of the second hole, you get the G, the, uh, the dominant note of the scale, which is fifth note. And then you go up to the next hole, which is third hole, you blow into it, again it's G, and you pull out of it, and it's B. It, it's missing a couple of notes in the scale between those two holes. Yeah, I see what you mean. Then you go up to the fourth hole, and you blow into it, and you've got C again. Because there are eight notes in a regular scale, in a uh, in a major or minor scale. Yeah, so am I correct that normally, see, when I pick one up, and I'm playing it, diatonically or what you i guess call straight harp yeah. i always think about blowing in hole four as my root note the first or the, note. the tonic yeah right the fir- the fourth hole is your first full scale of the harmonic of the diatonic harmonica and then you've got you blow in you got c and then you pull out you got d you blow into the next hole just five you got you've got e and f and then go into the next one, you've got G and A, and then you uh, pull out of the next one, you get B, and you blow into the next one, which is hole number eight, I believe. Now, I have to even look at it. I don't think about it that much anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you blow into, pull out of eight, and you get, you get, uh, pull out of eight, you get B, and then you blow into eight, and you get C again. Yeah, so you've completed a full major scale there. A full major scale, and then after that, the next the next uh, octave uh, is missing the uh, A. No, it's missing the 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 seventh of the scale. But uh, that completes the whole harmonica. You've got what ten holes in a harp? Ten, twelve? I don't even remember. Yeah, that so has always been. Uh, that is, excuse, that has always been the tricky part of it to me is that the couple of missing notes, because they're just well, the some reason tones. you're missing those notes. The reason you're missing those notes on those on the lower end is because then you get the uh, the dominant chord, which is G. You get you get that's. Well, actually, yeah, that's that's G. Now that I'm playing, I'm playing a G harp. Okay. And that that makes the fifth, uh, the the dominant chord. Yeah. So D seven coming out and a yeah. G going in. You got you got G coming out. Yeah. And if you want to put the G seven in there, then you blow an extra hole up, and you get the F, which is uh, flatted uh, seventh of the dominant chord. Anyway, yeah, let me shift gears just one question. These days, um, this is the year 2022, what does uh, a good harmonica cost? Like, let's say a Honer Blues Band or whatever, you know, one of the. All right, when I first picked one up, they were costing me $5. Right, right. Uh, That is the wooded insert that holds the reeds. they cost me $5. Now I think they're going for something like $30, $35. Yeah, yeah. However, the wooded uh, insert that holds the reeds, if you play it long enough, it swells up. I've actually 
put blisters on my lip. The first time I played Amplified, I ended up playing that night and had blisters on my lip when I quit because I was having so much fun. <laughs> but uh, now I am using uh, what's called... Uh, what is called special 20s. They're plastic insert, uh-huh. and they don't go out of tune. They don't swell up as easily. And again, like I say, it's how hard you play their instrument as to how long it will last you. Yeah, yeah. But I, but it'd just be my guess that it's a, um, even over the course of a lifetime of playing, it's probably still considerably less expensive than forking out for a really high-quality mandolin or guitar or banjo or something like that. Yeah, well, you know, you can you can tune a guitar, you can tune a mandolin by turning a key. You can't tune a harmonica. And when the, when the note goes flat, it hurts my ear. That's just the simplest way to put it. It hurts my ear to, to play that particular that note. I'll skip over it if I can. And... Um, what with the ones I buy now, the special 20s, they're costing around $50 a piece. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at my belt here that I have, what, uh, two, four, six, seven harmonicas in. That's $350 sitting right there. Right. In harmonicas alone. Not to mention the holster that I've got them in. A friend of mine actually made them, made me this holster, uh, which I appreciate him doing that. In fact, he's made me a couple of holsters. And... Uh, I wear them on my belt, so, you know, if I need another harp, I just reach down, and I know where it's at on, in the belt or in the holster, and there I'm at. And uh, just for a second, explain to anybody who doesn't know, what is the logic for having all of those different harmonicas readily available? Okay, every harmonica, no matter which one it is, has a particular key that it's situated around. Like the C harmonica, it's got the full scale of C, uh, starting with the fourth hole on a diatonic. Now, there are actually five keys on each harmonica. You have three major keys, as in C, you've got C as a tonic, you've got G as a dominant, and then you've got F as a subdominant. I forget. I think that's what it's called. It's yeah, blue right. Yeah. Anyway, you've got those three major keys, plus you've got the relative minor of C, which is A minor. And then you've got the uh, relative minor, uh, actually, yeah, the relative minor of uh, uh, F, which would be D minor. Right, right. So you've got C minor, C major, F major. G major, you've got D minor, and you've got A minor. On each harmonica, you've got those five different keys. Depending on what style you want to play is how you use that particular uh, area of the harp. Gotcha. Now, let's say you were, um, and we're going we're gonna to talk some here in a minute about bluegrass in particular, um, because most of my observations of your playing has been in a bluegrass context. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but... Just uh, am I correct that if a band started playing, a bluegrass band started playing a tune in G, you would reach for your G diatonic first, probably? Probably, yeah. And then if they were playing a fiddle tune in A, you'd probably go for the A one? 
Correct. And so on. So you're picking the 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 harmonica that matches the key that they're playing in. If they play in B flat, you grab a B flat one, maybe. Yes. Okay. They all do right. make B flat. They make keys. They make harps in all all the different keys of the scale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that you said you carry seven, and of course they're twelve. But with the uh, each harmonica having the ability to play multiple keys, I can see why you wouldn't necessarily need all twelve. Well, actually, I have also two uh, flatted harps. I've got an A flat and an E flat harp, and a separate holster. Ah, that if okay. I'm in a situation of picking circles, say that uh, they decide they want to go up, uh, cable up three frets, then I've got to go to a flatted harp. Gotcha. Well, it all sounds very confusing, but I'm sure it becomes clear <laughs> in practice. Right. Because if you're blowing on the wrong harp, it'll be instantly obvious, I would assume. Oh, it is. It is. It, it's yuck. <laughs> well, let's let's talk some about bluegrass. Um, in my intro, I mentioned a little bit about how bluegrass really doesn't uh, you know, harmonica is not an official bluegrass instrument, but, you know, that my experience has been that it works pretty well in a bluegrass context because it can behave so similarly to a fiddle in that you can play that long long notes, you can play melodies, you know. It's certainly got a little bit of blues in it uh, when desired, and that's a part of bluegrass. Um, just very quickly, let me mention that um, how I met you I used to have this, and this is for the listeners, harps, you know this. Um, oh, yeah. I used to hold an annual Cinco de Mayo picking party at my house. I don't know how many years we did it, eight or, I don't know, seven, eight years in a row. And there'd be 40, 50 pickers over there. And uh, one evening, we're in the middle of this big jam session in the backyard, and this guy walks up, and he's got this long beard, kind of like a ZZ Top-looking beard. And uh, I don't remember if it was, and that was you, Harps. And uh, I don't know if it was you or or somebody who was with you said, you know, do you mind if I sit in? I said, okay, so you said it to me. Do you mind if I sit in with y'all? And I I looked at you, and I didn't see an instrument. I didn't. You didn't have a banjo case or anything. I'm like, and I I remember saying, well, what do you play? Because I was thinking he's gonna bring up you know, a Telecaster down here in a big amplifier or something. And I knew that probably wasn't going to work with the neighbors and stuff. But, and you just pointed to your harmonicas and I said, well, sit down and join in. And uh, we've been friends ever since. Yep. That's, that's a fact. Uh, in fact, we met my, my, my wife and I and daughters had just gone to the store to get some DVDs, we got back home and, we had uh, bought snack food and everything, and I drove by your house, which was three doors down from me. Right. And uh, I saw all the cars and actually heard a little bit of the music, so I decided when I got home, I parked the truck, or parked the car. I didn't have a truck this time. And uh, parked the car, got out, and told my wife, uh, I'm going down there to see what's going on. And she was not happy with me because <laughs> I'm a... I was a part-time dad. This was my weekend, and here I am going off to play music when I'm supposed to be with my daughters watching a movie. So, uh, again, I appreciate the fact that you didn't tell me no, and I appreciate the fact that I was welcomed in that group 
which I have not always been welcomed in a bluegrass situation. Yeah, that is true. But, uh, um, that is true. That'll get we'll get to that too. Yeah. Okay. I got okay. some stories on that, but um, that started me and you being friends and me being introduced to bluegrass because I'd never played bluegrass before. In yeah. fact, whenever I'm uh, whenever I'm playing bluegrass, I generally play straight harp, like you said, playing in A. I play on A harp because I've got all the notes of the scale and I can play melodies. So uh, generally, when I am playing bluegrass, I'm playing straight because uh, the notes come so fast. I always say bluegrass pickers get paid by the note because they play <laughs> yeah. so many of them. There's no doubt about it. That's the fastest moving that I've ever played with, whether it's orchestra or gospel or blues or or rock and roll, country. It doesn't matter. Bluegrass has got the fastest picking going on that I've ever heard, and I appreciate it. It's fun. It is fun, and you're one of those guys. Maybe maybe you're an example of my theory of why there aren't many harmonica players in bluegrass, why it was never seriously considered is because there are so few people who can really spit out that many notes accurately. And you really amazed me with your abilities because I could tell you were new to bluegrass back then. This is, this is how long ago? This is 20 years ago. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, you'd listen to the fiddle player or you'd listen to the mandolin player and then you, I, you would, by ear, play that same tune. Let let's say a tune like "Whiskey Before Breakfast" or "Salt Creek" or "Old Joe Clark." Or, yeah. And I was like, "Man, that's that's impressive." And you know, I assumed you had done it a lot, you know, in bluegrass before that. I didn't know that was your first bluegrass experience. I had no idea until today. Well, that comes from me sitting out there in the audience where the band is amplified, and I'm not, and I'm blowing out a harp because. They are playing a tune, and I'm playing along with them, uh, pretty much to myself. As you know, and there might be a couple of people around me that can hear me, but for the most part, I'm I'm playing along with what they're doing and, and practicing. Get again, getting uh, getting the uh, uh, muscle memory in me as to where the note is and all that, and playing different melodies, playing different styles, and what I would do whenever we were playing. Say I was sitting in a bluegrass band, and you know what bluegrass people do is they they sing a sing a verse, and then they they hand off the lead to somebody, a mandolin or a violin, and then they'll go back and sing another verse, and they'll hand it off to somebody else. Well, it would come by my turn the first time around, and I'd say I'd just motion go on around, and by the second or third time, I would have heard the the melody, the the lead part enough that I would know what I was supposed to do as far as making it sound right with the rest of the group. Well, you and got... I appreciate you, being able to play with the ones that you introduced me to. Well, you got so good at it. And, and like I just admitted, I didn't realize that really that was your first exposure to actually play in bluegrass, but that um, I began to call you when I couldn't find a fiddle player. If our fiddle right. player was out and... We had another guy uh, who would sub for him, but it, it, if for whatever reason I couldn't get a fiddle player, I would just call you, and you would just right. stand there and do what the fiddle player did. It was great. And being able to sing harmonies with the with the 
bluegrass songs that y'all are doing uh, helped too because I'm not just a harmonica player, I'm also a singer. That is true. I have to admit, we didn't, uh, you didn't sing a whole lot with us because our fiddle player didn't sing with us. Right. And I'm speaking of Pony Express here primarily as well. Right, right, Pony Express. Harps filled in with us a lot, and Mike. Our fiddle player typically didn't sing, so we generally had all the vocal parts covered. But I do remember featuring you on a few, like uh, trying to remember what we used. We used to um, take uh, what's that? Take the ribbon from your hair. Yeah. Uh, uh, Two hours crying in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, of course, later on, we got to playing in another little band. Help me make it through the night. Yeah. Help me make it through the night. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we try to give you a chance to sing, you know, um, but I know that, you know, after that, after that got going, we also had another little trio, which wasn't hundred percent bluegrass, but gave you a little more chance to play a little more of your bluesy stuff. But I, I never actually saw you play in a, in a rock band or a blues band or anything. And I, much to my regret, I've never actually seen you do that. And I'm sure it's, uh, probably just as amazing uh tell us a little bit about aside from the introduction to bluegrass and what you did with pony express and so on tell us about some of your other uh musical escapades on the harmonica okay uh i have actually set in with some uh bigger names will turpin is one of them mm-hmm. um his dad would go up to notley river campground uh on what was april the first April Fool's Day, and it'd be a whole group of his family be up there, and they invited me to go up there and play there. And I played, uh, like I said, rock and roll, country, uh, blues. Uh, I played in a lot of different bands. I sit in with a lot of different bands. I've recorded with several different people playing gospel, playing whatever. Um, and in fact, I just got, just walked away from an original music band. Uh, this every year till COVID came along of course uh, the female singer of the Grays and Blues band which I've played with for about 13 years now would hold a a uh, festival at her farm out in Shady Dale, Georgia and she would have a picking circle going on inside the house the whole time and then out on the paddock in front of her horse barn she would have a a, a stage set up on the paddock to where with uh, the professional sound man to have groups come in, bands come in and play. So uh, I was invited from, uh, at that time it was called Chevy's, now it's Kirby G's down in McDonough. She came there one night and invited people to come to her festival. So I did, and we showed up and uh, sitting inside the, the house playing in the picking circle with with people I didn't even know. I mean, these were professional musicians from around the country. Uh, And through the years, while she was having her festival, I would show up. In fact, one time I I said, well, look, we got Billy, we got uh, Buddy, we got got, uh, her, we got myself, got a drummer, got a bass player. Why don't we have a band? So we did. Grays and Blues got started, and we played for a lot of, a lot of time. And, and we, me and her and Buddy uh, practiced vocals for two years. 
at a barbecue place over in East Covington. To uh, she's a professional singer, and uh, we practiced uh, harmonies to where we when we decided to make it a band. We already had the harmonies together, had all the songs together and everything. So. Right, right. But the harmonica was just a, a way to fill in between verses. And uh, when, when Lee Guitar Player showed up, of course, he took more of, the, more of the load. And I still got to play. But, you know, it's, it's music is something that uh, once you know it, it's like uh, a carpenter knows a 45-degree angle on a board. Is, is what he needs to make a, a square or a rectangle or whatever. So you, you already know what you need to do. But uh, I played with many different bands through the years. My first band I played with was a country band. And the first place we played was over in Conyers. I can't remember the name of the club. Now there's a Waffle House in the same area. But um, through the years, I played with a lot of different bands. I've sat in with a lot of different bands. And just to, to the point where I'm comfortable. Uh, I, I'm not nervous that somebody's not going to like me. I'm not nervous that somebody's going to uh, disrespect me uh, or, you know, tell me. Uh, in fact, when I go into a club, I would ask the band, would y'all mind if I play out here in the audience? They'd say, no, we don't mind. And then I'd go ask the manager whether the, 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 the club manager, would you mind if I sit out here in the audience and play? And he'd say, no. Well, if he said yes, then I wouldn't play. I'm not going to force force myself onto anybody. I mean, I'm going to ask their permission first because right, right. I know how well I play, and I enjoy having people tell me how well I play. It's not a, a ego thing. It's just an appreciation thing between musician and his fans. That uh, that that's what we do it for. We don't do it for. Uh, uh, I don't anyway. Do it for self-aggrandizement. I'll play for free, just simply so I can play. Uh, I don't have to get paid millions of dollars. I don't have to. Uh, I, I'm not out for the money. Not actually actually out for the fame. Uh, just slight appreciation from somebody is all I want. And, and when they're tapping their foot and they're nodding their head along with the music, that's what I'm looking for. And when they clap at the end of it, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for money. I'm not looking for fame. I'm just a harmonica player and vocalist that uh, enjoys making music. I heard a long time ago, said, find something you enjoy doing and figure out a way to get paid for it. Well, I don't have to get paid for it. Uh, you know, my harmonicas aren't cheap. In fact, when I go to a picking circle or a gig, uh, when I get there, I've got probably a thousand dollars worth of equipment with me, between amplifier, microphone stands, cords, uh, harmonicas, uh, spare harmonicas. I've got a case that a friend of mine gave me that holds something like thirteen to fifteen different harmonicas, and you're talking, <clears throat> he's talking seven hundred fifty dollars right there. So it's not the money that I'm looking for. It's, it's the enjoyment of being able to play. Right. Uh, talk a little bit about what has been your experience um, hanging around um, bluegrassers. Now, uh, we've already talked about you sitting in with our band. Obviously, you were welcome there. We asked you to do it, and you did it 
probably dozens of times over the years, and it always turned out great. Uh, but when you went off on your own to, let's say, a bluegrass jam session or a bluegrass festival and so on, as the redheaded stepchild of bluegrass, um, what was the reception? I, I'm sure you've had positive and negatives there. All right. The positive side is that the person that invited me to go or the person I knew when I got there because I don't just show up, hey, they're playing bluegrass other than yours. Uh, they're playing They're playing music. I'm going to go play. All right. Uh, the Georgia Bluegrass, uh, I can't remember the name of the group. Uh, it's, it's an organization that supports bluegrass. And uh, like Moose Lodge or something like that, bluegrass pickers, that's, that's their, their organization. Yeah. Uh, Bill Turpin, the owner, pre- previous owner of uh, of Real to Real Studio, and the father of Will Turpin, uh, the bass player for uh, my mind. Anyway, um, invited me to go over to the, the Georgia's that chapter's uh, meet a uh, picking circle one night, and I walked in, and with my harps and my wife. And we get in there, and it's like a chill went over the room. For one, my wife was there. For some reason, bluegrass people do not allow women to be around unless it's an actual performance. Because, you know, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. They're just It's just that way. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Yeah, well, uh, I have. I've <laughs> seen it many times. Where, uh, what's she doing here? There are no other women there because they're afraid, you know, hey, you're, there was a woman there. My, my, my wife's going to be jealous that I was there and there was another there was a woman there. And I'm like, you know, I don't understand. It. Anyway, okay. uh, I went to the chapter and uh, to the chapter thing over Real to Real Studio and I walked in and I had harmonicas. People, what are you playing? I said, harmonica. And there was one guy there who was just being a total a-hole as far as being well bluegrass uh, harmonica not a bluegrass instrument <laughs> fortunately there was about 25 of us there and they split it up between two different groups to where you know i was not in the same group as that guy because the studio has three different rooms that they can play in and and not you know it's soundproof and everything but uh <laughs> they they asked me okay what do you want to play and i said well actually i don't know bluegrass and again, the chill came over. What are you doing here? And I said, well, you know, they—they—that's what they were thinking, I believe. Anyway, um, so that's the so bad like side. I did with uh, <laughs> with uh, Incorrigible String Band, or with Pony Express, or Cedar Hill, uh, Reluctant Saints. It's not a, really a bluegrass thing, but they're they're closer to bluegrass. Than most rock and roll are, and uh, I'd wait till it came around. And I'd listen to it long enough that I could, I could ad lib the the whatever they were doing, and like I say, straight harp is the easier one to do to play a melody. So, uh, and let it, so the 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 reception that I've gotten through the years with bluegrass is it's not a bluegrass instrument. Well, I'm sorry, spoons can be played in bluegrass. Spoons to me is not an instrument, but you know, technically it is. Just like rap is not music in my ear, but technically <laughs> it is. All right. So uh, to not invite, not uh, appreciate the fact that somebody comes in and wants to play harmonica. Granted, there are a lot of harmonicas that players out there that are no good. 
you get I get that everywhere. Uh, for one, they either they have a couple of licks that they know how to play, and they play, try to play those licks with every every piece of music they're playing. Right, right. I've heard it many times. Also, they they bring in a harp that's out of tune, and it hurts the people's ears. It doesn't fit in. It, 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 if it's not in tune, a high school band director said, if it's not in tune, it can't be played right, and that's a fact. And harmonicas, unfortunately, go out of tune. So you just go buy another one. But uh, I played with lots of different groups through the years, and most of the time I get a well reception. Sometimes, eh, not so much. Right, right. But uh, it's not about me. It's about the harmonica. They they don't appreciate the harmonica. Actually, the harmonica wasn't accepted as an official musical instrument until about the 1940s. <laughs> Uh, it was thought of as a toy. Right. It's right. something a kid would walk around and blow and make noise. And uh, so uh, it's not thought of as a bluegrass instrument, although uh, somebody who knows how to play well uh, can make a harmonica fit into any style of music, whether it be blues, gospel, or bluegrass. It doesn't matter. As long as uh, there's not a lot of accidentals in the in the music, uh, where where uh, you got an F instead of an F, instead of uh, shoot, I can't even think. Instead of an yeah, E or E flat, you know, you, where you you got an accidental where the note is not in the actual scale. Right, those little half steps you know, back and to stuff. Theory and survey. Yeah. Uh, they make harmonicas that do have double harps, uh, C and C harp, C and C sharp harmonica on a chromatic harmonica Yeah, that uh, can hit those accidentals by, by pushing the button and you go up a half note, there it is. Right. Yeah, I'm rambling, I'm sorry. Hey, that's what this podcast is all about. I've rambled for 200 plus episodes, so <laughs> it's, it's part of the theme. Um, yeah. Well, um, let me just make a couple of comments about the bluegrass experience. Um, the the negative receptions, um, my guess is, have come more from people who aren't so good themselves necessarily. Uh, probably not so much from bands and you know. Yeah, what, it's individuals. Yeah, it's individuals who have a preconceived notion, and I'll have to admit, I, I don't. If if I want to have a bluegrass jam session. I really don't want an electric guitar there because it's not part of the thing. And so right. they're immediately close-minded to it. But I think it'd be, um, you know, you don't have to dig very far to find at least a couple of examples of harmonica having appeared on what would other, otherwise be called bluegrass records, you know, right. such as Flatt and Scruggs. I mean, there's some, uh, I don't know who was playing on them, um, I know I've heard Charlie McCoy on some studio work by the Osborne brothers and, uh, you know, it does appear. So, uh, obviously those folks didn't think it was all that bad. And, and I really, again, go back to the thing. It, it has a lot to do with how good of a harmonica player. I mean, everybody's seen the kid playing, uh, Oh, Susanna, uh, you know, yeah. anybody can play that on a harmonica with about five minutes of work. Uh, that's, that's the level I've achieved on the harmonica, by the way. <laughs> and, oh, good. Yeah, that, mine first was uh, Shenandoah. 
That's a good tune for the harmonica. I will give you that. Yeah, it is. Um, but in, anyway, if if someone were to be so brave as to consider learning to play the harmonica, and perhaps, obviously, it's found in folk music. You would hear go to see Doc Watson, and he'd be playing the harmonica. It's very common in what you'd call folk music or old-time music. Yeah. Right. Um, but in bluegrass, it's, you know... They're a little more buttoned up about their about the rules. Yeah. <clears throat> but if someone were so inclined, what would you recommend to a beginner? Like somebody's just listening to this, thinking, "Well, I'm I'm just crazy enough to try this." Maybe, uh, what would you suggest to them as far as um, selecting an instrument to begin with, and then right. how to set about learning? You know, the like. Do you buy a book? Do you, I, I can't even imagine taking lessons, or I suppose it occurs, but what what would you suggest to somebody that said, Harps, I want to do that too? All right. To start with, go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> they sell uh, harmonicas made by Honer oh. uh, for $10. It's a C harmonica. It's cheap. It's in tune. Uh, for the first things, uh, Get by the harmonica, get by yourself, not around somebody else while you're learning, because if they're not played right, they sound terrible. Um, learn, pick out a tune. They said, tell me all the time, they want me to pick out a tune, or they want me to teach them how to play harmonica. And yeah, I could probably make 15, 20 bucks an hour doing so, but uh, somebody's trying to call me, but I'm going to ignore them. Okay. Um, Anyway, um, pick out a simple tune. Uh, like I say, my first was Shenandoah. Learn how to play that tune, starting with the fourth hole to get the full scale. And then you can uh, learn how to play that tune. You whistle into the harmonica. When I first started, they wanted you to use the side of your mouth for the for the individual note. And then when you wanted the, the chord, you would open up your mouth and... and a little larger and mm-hmm. and get uh, the chords. Well, I whistle into mine. Uh, I play brass instruments, therefore my embouchure, which is the muscle figure of muscles of your lips, are, uh, create the hole for the whistling. Well, I whistle into mine to get the notes. And again, practice the scales, practice arpeggios, uh, which is uh, one three five one. Uh, and uh, practice, just just practice the different uh, where the different sounds are on the harmonica. And once you've learned to play one heart diatonic harmonica, you can take where that particular way that plays to any harmonica that's diatonic. So it's not like you have to learn how to play different scales. I mean, different chords on a guitar. You, you play the diatonic, and it's the same with every diatonic harmonica. Now, different harmonicas uh, have a full scale. Uh, I've got a collection of harmonicas that uh, people would believe, but uh, that's just because I play harmonica, that play a full scale all the way up the harmonica, mm-hmm. which is a... And then I've got a chromatic, har- chromatic harmonicas that have either diatonic or full-scale harmonicas, you push the button, you go up to the next 
the next key, C or C sharp. So it's, it's, uh, but again, go out and buy an inexpensive harmonica. Don't go out and buy a $200 harmonica and then, you know, two weeks later, I ain't going to do this and you're sitting around with a $200 harmonica yeah, that yeah. you're not going to play ever again. Go, go to Crack Barrel and buy a $10 harmonica and practice by yourself. Don't blow it hard. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, you're playing in an orchestra type situation or a rock and roll band and buy yourself out in the audience because, like I said, I'd buy a new harp every other week. So uh, get by yourself, learn how to play scales, learn how to play songs, simple songs. Uh, and by the time you've learned the fifth song, you can play any of them. And if it goes out of tune, like I say, be by yourself. If it goes out of tune and it doesn't hurt your ear like it hurts mine, you can go ahead and keep playing it. But if it does go out of tune, uh, the best thing to do is to go buy another harmonica. Now, yeah. like I say, every harmonica comes in its own key. And then you play, like I say, I've got my belt that's got seven. That uh, I go, what, G, A, D, E, C, F and B flat in my belt, and I've got an A flat and E flat, and another little thing, and then I've got a chromatic that I carry with me. Ah, but anyway, go out and buy a cheap harmonica by yourself, and practice. If you don't practice, you're not going to learn. Muscle memory comes from practice. It doesn't come from thinking. It comes from practice. So you know, I, if I want to hit a note. Uh, I already know where it's at. I don't. I don't even think about it if it's a G or a D or whatever. Right. right. It's in my head. I had a fellow, David Ellis, sent a fellow over to me. They had a box full of harmonicas. I don't even remember what kind of harmonicas they were, but he had, I guess, about forty of them in there. And we sat here for an hour, like me and you were doing, and. Talking back and forth, he was he was really interested in, in learning the different aspects of the harmonica. So uh, we talked back and forth about an hour, and uh, it was a fun session. Uh, I played with other harmonica players. There's nothing more I like to do than have a harmonica duel, like dueling banjos. Yeah, yeah. I do uh, dueling harmonicas. In fact, one time I was playing over in Covington. Uh, sitting in with Ben and Covington, and there were two other harmonica players in the band. And you talk about having some fun passing some licks around. Now, yeah. we had a ball. <laughs> we had a ball. But uh, as far as learning to play the harmonica, if you don't practice, you won't learn. Yeah, that that's uh, the same advice I've given every student I've ever, ever, ever had. Uh, let me ask you a couple more questions, then I'll let you go. Um, in... In the context of playing bluegrass and every other style, I suppose it's the same. What what's sort of your logic and your approach to um, playing fills and what I you know backing things for either vocalists or or and how is that different from say when another instrument is taking a solo? Let's say a guitar is taking a break. What would you do then? Uh, what would you do? when the singer is going through the four lines of the verse so you get, you know how do you approach playing fills and backup all right fills are whenever the, the vocals 
the line is done and they're taking a breath and then the next line is going to start a fill you put in a little bit of notes between them to help fill in the music you got the chords going on you got the rhythm going on you've got the 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 drums you've got everything that's going on but the fills are something you put into accent what the singer has just done as far as playing a lead unless you practiced with the person playing the lead and you're playing uh, as a harmonica player you're playing a harmony to the lead that he's playing mm -hmm. uh almond brothers guitars between dickie betts and uh, uh, uh dwayne almond yeah they did they did the the harmony lead where you know they're doing it's it's just listen, you'll understand what I'm saying when I'm doing a lead. But the thing is, unless you're playing a harmony with the lead or you're doing a counter melody with a question answer where he plays a lick and then you come behind him right. and play either the same lick or another lick, then uh, you don't play. Yeah, that that's sort of what I was hearing you say there. So yeah. kind of stay out of the you way know. of the soloists. But yeah, how, you, how do you avoid... Uh, stepping on other players who are playing fills during vocals? It's eye contact and uh, having practiced together a little bit. Yeah, okay. Have a feel for the person that you're with. Uh, it's it's courtesy. I mean, yeah, I play a good harmonica. I've been playing for 50 years. But it's like I said at a picking circle one time. I said, you know, there's better and worse. Uh, uh, how, how did I put it? Uh there's greater and lesser pickers in this circle. But we are here as a family and as a group and not to uh, show out that, hey, I'm better than you. I don't know. I don't know. I should play with you because you're so much better. No, no, no. That's not it. It's you're there to share in your talents, whether you play guitar, mandolin, or whatever. It's there to share your talents, not to override somebody else. Well, I'm so much better than you. Oh, you shouldn't even be on the same place with me. <laughs> no, that's that's the wrong attitude. Unfortunately, uh, too many musicians get that attitude. I even heard, uh, even heard, uh, um, Rico Scott, drummer for uh, Derek Trucks band, say that he had to pull uh, Derek Trucks, which is excellent, extremely fine fine uh, lead slide guitar player the Derek Trucks and it's actually Tedeschi Trucks band now had to pull him off the shelf where he was getting the big head well don't get the big head you're there to share your music with other people well Harps I think you have some uh, good collected wisdom that you've uh, accumulated I mean it's it's so fascinating to me how you're not really a bluegrass musician at really at all, unless called upon by Pony Express yeah. or something. But the concepts and the principles that you are describing are universal to not only music, but other parts of our lives, too. It's just been wonderful talking to you again. My final question is, when are we going to get together and, and um, jam again soon? I hopefully, right. hopefully very soon, Harps. Well, when you when you open up your barn again for a jam session down there, and it's warm enough that I can ride down on the bike without being amplified, thank goodness. <laughs> but I, uh, although I have hauled my amplifier around on the back of the bike, uh, it's cumbersome. 
Yeah. We don't need any amps down here. I do provide I a know. bass amp for the uh, occasional electric bass player. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, spring comes early down here in America, so you can expect a call from me um, very soon, I would think, and we'll get things cranked back up again. Thanks again, Harps. And uh, tell Deb we said howdy. And uh, to anybody else around the Atlanta area you bump into, I sure do appreciate you taking all this time and kind of explaining a little bit about the harmonica to um, we bluegrassers. Thanks, buddy. Right. Harmonica is easy to learn how to play. It's the easiest instrument I've ever learned how to play, simply because I couldn't see what I was doing. I could only hear what I was doing. And um, I carry one around on my hip at all times. Never know when somebody's having a birthday across the restaurant from you, and uh, you walk over there and play happy birthday for them, and they appreciate it. Yeah. yeah that's or that. kids. There's a bunch of kids in the restaurant. You play uh, Jesus Loves the Little Children. And people appreciate hearing impromptu music from time to time. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, Although I don't think they appreciate on the banjo as much. No. Anyway, thanks a bunch, Harps. I appreciate you so much, brother. And I do not push myself on anybody. So do not push yourself. If you're learning how to play the harmonica, don't just go out and crash a party and say, I'm going to play for you because... I've had a friend that made me do that before, and I told him, no, I ain't going to do it for <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. Just uh, learn how to play on your own by yourself, and then once you get comfortable with it, then you can sit in with other people. Yeah, man. <laughs> Good advice. Perfect. We'll talk to you later, brother. Okay, Harps. Thanks a bunch, buddy. All right. Take care. Tell, tell Jackson and Darlene I said hello. You betcha. And by the way, everybody, Jackson is named after Harps Jackson. And no, uh, before you go, President Jackson, he told me that. I almost forgot to, to ask you this. I'm Oh, man, I forgot all about it. You told me one time that you were a direct descendant of Stonewall Jackson. It, he is an uncle, a long stone, okay. a long lost uncle. And y'all, if you ever run into harps and you look at him, I have a portrait of Stonewall Jackson out in the barn. A line drawing uh, done in 1961 by a guy named, I want to say, George Priest, maybe, was the artist. Anyway, it is a, a uh, pen and ink drawing of Stonewall Jackson. And every time I walk by and look at that thing, Harps, I swear it looks just like you. Yeah, my beard's longer. <laughs> it's white. Yeah, a little bit longer. Well, you've outlived yeah. him. You've outlived him. Yeah. <laughs> thanks a bunch, Harps, and I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for thinking about me. <laughs> yeah, man. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Harps. He's a great guy and a great player. Just a, a wonderful human being, too. And I've always enjoyed playing with Harps. And if you run into him, sometime at a jam session i think you'll enjoy meeting him too and uh, just as always i'd like to thank all of you for listening to the show especially like to thank the patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash bradley laird and as always any of you who have explored any of my instructional materials over on my website at bradleylaird.com See, so y'all have a good week, or I don't know if it'll be a week before I come back, because I've been a little slack here lately, been busy digging up the garden, 
trying to get ready for planting of the potatoes and uh, just had some home maintenance things going on with the uh, heat pump and uh, a variety of things. Something's always going wrong around this place. Um, anyway, as the weather warms up, I intend to get back fully into the bluegrass thing. So y'all take care. Talk to you in the next episode. Jackson.